This episode of The Grand Life comes out right before Valentine's Day, so we invited a couple of guests who are not just a couple, they are a couple who likes to talk and write about being in a senior relationship. Even if you're married, we think you'll enjoy listening to what they have to say, and if you're not and are looking for someone to marry, you will definitely want to hear what they have to say. Love is complicated, but it doesn't have to be out of reach. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode, we talk to relationship therapists Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Frank Powers, authors of Open to Love, The Secrets to Senior Dating, and the hosts of the Open to Hope podcast. They share their stories of love and romance in the golden years with tips and tricks on how seniors can face their fears and thrive in the world of dating, including online dating. Welcome, Gloria and Frank, to the Grand Life podcast. I have a theory that might be corroborated somewhere that in first marriages, people choose someone who is opposite of them. And then in subsequent marriages or relationships, they look for someone who is similar to them. Do you think that's true? And why do you think that? Absolutely. You are right on. (laughs) Yeah. Why is that? Well, after a combined 80 years of sitting in the chair, doing psychotherapy with people and especially around relationships. Frank, 40 years and me, 40 years as therapist. Yeah. We really have found that opposites do attract. And especially when you're younger, you like the energy and the excitement of someone who's going to bring something different to the program. Mm -hmm. That's understandable and it's fine. But when you're 60 or 70 and you're getting into a relationship, Uh, You don't want to have to deal with all these differences. You want someone who's much more similar to you. You want it easier. And and that makes a lot of sense. And I I do think it's just a practical, basic issue of, I don't want to work that hard in a second relationship. I'd (laughs) like it to be easier. Yeah, well, the reality is, and the joke is about those first relationships, is that you marry somebody who's got qualities that you don't have, and then you spend your whole life trying to get them to 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 be like like you. (laughs) Oops, guilty as charged. (laughs) You know, I guess the hope is, we've been married for 41 years now, Uh, the hope is that we change enough so that we are more like each other, but it just doesn't seem to work out that way. (laughs) Well, actually, it it does work out that way, but it's so slow and it's, uh, you know, irritating and it's like, oh, my God, why can't they just wake up and realize what's right? (laughs) I mean, several therapists have said to me, don't you don't marry somebody to try to change them. But, you know, I guess we do. We kind of morph and evolve. And and if nothing else, we get each other's quirks, which is the worst. Right. We're picking up each other's quirks. (laughs) Opposites do attract. Yeah. There is that element. It's mm-hmm. stuff that you don't have in your own. Yeah. And you see other people have got it and you want to get sure. it. Sure. You know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I just think that you have to have a lot of years to sort of deal with that and realize that you're only going to be able to change so much. Right. You know, Frank and I say about our relationship now, we've been together for three years and we never would have gotten together originally. Oh, We've no. been together for three years or two years. Two, two years. years. Sorry. <laughs> Feels <laughs> like three. <laughs> anyway, we never would have gotten together originally. No, no, no. It, it would not have worked. We had we wanted different things when we were in our 20s and 30s, and uh, we went different directions. But wow. now we're together and we say, you know, 
I think what you did was a pretty good idea. I like it. <laughs> so you guys are married, not married? What's the deal? Is there a plan in place or is it just you're engaged? We have we actually have Oh a- yes, we're we're in a, we're actually this is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a prenup. <laughs> Yeah. If we ever get decide uh, early on, Frank, we even have a marriage license. But, yeah. yeah, we even have a marriage license. We were going to pull the trigger because I wanted to. And then my daughter said, Mom, why are you getting married? And I said, well, want to be a good example to the grandchildren. Yeah. And my daughter said, all your grandchildren are living with somebody. Oh, what are you doing? So true. So true. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, OK. And <laughs> We decided to delay it, and we just, we love being engaged. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a plan. There's also another psychological principle kind of at run here, and and it's, it's kind of an interesting one, in that we all have within ourselves an unconscious that Mm -hmm. has a collected memory of all those experiences we had with our parents' marriages. So we do have some guidelines about how Mm. to do things on the unconscious. Mm -hmm. And some of those are connected to the state of marriage. If you're not marriage, then those don't necessarily click in. So you're actually allowing yourself to be have a little more freedom and not have these unconscious uh, predispositions to kind of come out. Well, those unconscious come from your culture. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a very conservative culture where everyone gets married and you do not live with people if you are not married. That kicks in for me when I'm with somebody. I'm like, wow. Maybe I, you know, it would be better if we're married. And it's interesting because some people just call us your wife or your husband. I mean, for them, that's their culture. It's comfortable. And and that's... And, and whatever uh, they want to project. And if you want to call Frank my husband, fine. Go for yeah. it. Sometimes I will I'll refer to her as my wife. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in certain situations, because... You know, uh, it, 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 say we're visiting a hospital yeah. or one of us is in a hospital, you know, it's so much easier not to bring up the problem of not being married because they... they that had to happen they, during COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had to go into the hospital uh, through yeah, an emergency, and I just That's went in and was his wife. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and, you know, we're kind of flexible. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about how you met each other and maybe your background before you met. Uh, I was a therapist for years. I was married for 60 years and uh, my husband died of a staph infection and I've written books before on family and stuff. And I decided to write a book on widows and I decided to, I needed, if I was going to write this book for widows, what I'd learned um, I needed to put a chapter in on online dating. And so I was actually in Hawaii with COVID and I went on Silver Singles and signed for up. You. And Frank was the second person that connected with me on Silver Singles. I did meet the other guy. He actually I- made me look really good because <laughs> he was a Shriner and had a Dave on his Shriner shirt that he went on a date with her. So I looked pretty good. That was my first copy. I looked pretty good. So I met Frank as my second 
date and he can tell you what happened about that. I, we connected up immediately. We just talked and talked because we're both therapists and uh, we both have pretty robust websites and Frank's the sculptor. And I mean, we just really hit it off. And then I said to him, uh, after a couple of days of knowing him, I said, Frank, why don't you write this book with me? Because you could take a male perspective and talk about dating. Now, Frank's been divorced, so we come to it from a different uh, approach, but he brings a male voice, which I love. I also had more experience on online dating, so uh, I kind of knew the informal rules of it where Gloria really didn't, and she violated three of the basic rules in our first date. <laughs> And yet, I violated all. I violated all the rules of widowhood. <laughs> I am sorry. I've been counseling people for forty years not to do anything the first year, and I sold my house and found a guy that I golfed with. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. so yeah, funny. Another boyfriend made me look good too. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was the reason I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. So you were already writing the book when you met him. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That that is so interesting. But it was on widows. So you changed the title and started doing something yes, different? Right. Yeah, okay. and we changed the focus of it a little bit because we, we really wanted to get into what it was like now that there's 30 years more of life for most people right. and that the post-war baby boom is now the largest cohort of individuals and they're now getting into the 60s and 70s. So there's huge numbers of people for the first time in human existence that now are in their 60s and 70s who are healthy and don't want to necessarily be alone. And, and if you've been following the media and the articles and stuff, loneliness is huge in this yes, nation. Sorry. Yeah. And biggest mental health issue. Yes. Biggest mental health issue. And Frank and I believe there is honestly out there is someone for everyone if you know how to approach it. Yeah. And it's a matter of having the skills. And, and this is a totally new way of dating. And there really are differences in the whole process of when you're 20 or 30 and dating and when you're 60 or 70 it, it, it's a different world and you do have to yeah you have different issues that you have to be aware of and you you need to use your consciousness and your experience in the dating process when you're in your 60s and 70s and you don't have that but one, th one thing i wanted to say you were asking me if i was writing the book before i met frank I was writing a book for widows. Mm -hmm. Then Frank and I began to live this experience. This book is a lived experience. Yeah, it's it is very honest. <laughs> we take you through our life, how it was with our kids, grown adults, how, you know, the whole process beyond what I ever thought about as I began the book. You know, what do you think older women look for in a partner as opposed to older men? Oh, you can speak for the men. I, I think women know what we know what we're looking for. We're looking for a kind, compassionate, wonderful relationship with a man who, you know, is really committed and having fun because this is not work anymore. We're not having children anymore. And uh, so right. you want to you want to enjoy the person you want to be with them. You want to have companionship and it really helps uh, because if if you look at the statistics, um, people who are married, who have physical contact with one another, live on average seven years more. 
And so there is a real quality of being together that does help with longevity and does help you feel better and and less anxious. But what are guys looking for? Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of <laughs> immature men I'm afraid to say, who really, in a sense, are still looking for the same thing they were in their 20s and 30s. And they're kind of at a disadvantage in the dating process because they're looking for sex and they're looking for mommy and they're looking for someone to take care of them. And, And quite honestly, many of them are not as mature as the women are at this stage. And it's kind of sad. And I worked with a lot of these men and, um, I feel that there's real education, especially for men, that that needs to take place. I love what you say in in the book. I learned a lot from Frank reading reading what he was writing. I loved what you said to one of his clients. He said, you need to make a friend of her first. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stop looking at her as an object and someone who you can parade around and and make yourself feel better and with other men because she's so beautiful and attractive. Mm -hmm. And they can some of these guys want women who are, you know, five to 10 years younger than they are. And, and most of the time they're in worse shape than the women. And, and, you know, it's not, it's not a good, it's not a good thing for you to try to, to try to have this younger woman around and you can't keep up with the one that's older. <laughs> it does seem there is a lack of self-awareness. I, I don't know. Uh, yes, <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> you talk in the book about about the the being in a senior relationship dividing in itself into three parts and part one is to dating what spring training is to baseball can you elaborate on that exactly i i I was the one that kind of introduced the idea of spring training if you to me in being an old baseball player spring training is where you come back and and you really go back over fundamentals and um you know you've been away from the game for a little while and you've got to get back in you've got to start you know hitting the ball start you know picking up grounders and you've got uh, throwing the first base so you you're practicing the fundamentals and and i do think that 60 and 70 year olds especially if they've had a 60 year marriage uh need to get back into fundamentals and take a look at the basics of what you want with dating and and what has changed what have you learned over this period Mm -hmm. of time take what you've learned and now begin to start practicing and saying well this is what i really need and want so i'm 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 you know i'm a year into my play so i'm i'm a little more experienced but i've got to use that experience so that i can get get a better feel for the game and a better way to do it so mm-hmm. you you do need to be able to practice the fundamentals and the fundamentals is what do i need and what what's really make a list happy and what has succeeded in the past what what have i done well in terms of my batting what have i done well in terms of my fielding and i've got to emphasize that and i've got to take that experience and put it into action if i'm going to be a better player and i've got to be a better player because i don't have a lot of time to mess around (laughs) I, I got to get somebody. <laughs> so you can do this without a coach? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, we see, we, we, we have this built in. 
We had dating buddies in our book, as you as you know. I was really impressed mm -hmm. that you guys actually took the time to read the book. It was really nice to hear that you did that. Yeah, actually, I can't wait to get it in in full form when it comes out, February fourteenth, because right. I, I would love to. Not that I'm dating, but I just have I have two friends, two women oh, yeah. friends, who are in this dilemma. Yeah, and I would love to pass this on to them as well. So part two in, in the relationship map is uh, is a lot of the online world. So is this the one place most likely where you're going to find a mate now? You know, 80% of women will be widowed in their lifetime. And so there are many more women around than there are men. But guess what? It's 50-50 online. Online there are... More, more men go online hmm. than so, women. So you... You know, you're not at work anymore necessarily for, at this particular age. So the number of places where you're going to meet people and, and meet, you know, interesting people are just not as available to you as as yeah. when we were 20 or 30. So the online mm -hmm. is, a, is a new manifestation of something that allows you to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet. And so it does give mm -hmm. you, I think, the best shot at finding someone who's going to work. Let me say something. That being said, something happens when you sign up for online. Yeah. There's a little gland in your brain called the amygdala, and it says, I'm dating. Suddenly, you're out of your sweats. Hmm. You're going into a restaurant or a bar. You're looking to see who's available. If you're smart, you're telling your friends and family that you're dating, that you're online dating. You don't have to go say, oh, I'm looking for a date. You can say, oh, you know what? I just went online dating. That tells the whole world that you are available. You are deciding that you want an online date. So you, maybe you'll meet them at a class reunion. I hope so. Maybe your next door neighbor yeah, will you feel different. you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you feel different, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you project confidence, you yeah. feel something. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I, I really do, because it would be easy to just sit back and feel like, oh, well, nobody's... In <laughs> fact, I, I, I know this friend, one friend of mine, she doesn't like online dating at all, and I keep encouraging her to do it, but because she's not going to... I mean, I feel like she's not... She keeps saying, I want to find somebody who I know or somebody who knows this person so that... It's the stranger aspect she doesn't like, that she doesn't know anything about this person. They're just coming out of the blue. And that bothers her. She's like, I want somebody who knew this person when they were younger. Or, Tell her we're all you know children I'm saying? of God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we all know each other. <laughs> and so part three is about relationship challenges. What can we expect to be those challenges? Well, no. family. Yes, money. Money. Help. Yes. You know, family decides. Where you're going to live. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of These sound awfully familiar. You're gonna live, your lifestyle. And it is because in our 60s and 70s, we tend to be a little more fixed in our personality than we are in our 20s and 30s. So it, it really takes a while to sort of make the change and adapt to this new person, their ideas, and some of the things they want. Now, we do have a tendency to pick people who are more similar to us, so there's less to change, but there's still things to have to adapt to. And, and so that adaptation usually takes a little more time and it's a little more challenging. Uh, so you, you do need that, you do need that. 
you know, our big challenge is, the, is in the book is early on my daughters. Oh, um, yes. I had said, I got excited and said, well, you know, I told you I have a very conservative background and I got to get married. I met this guy. I really love him. And I've got to get married after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> my kids hit the... They didn't like that. There's a whole section on it and how (laughs) we had to work through that relationship. But, you know, honestly, there's nothing in it for adult kids to have you date. There's absolutely nothing in it because they don't want to hear about your love life and that you're with this guy. And they are worried about money. They're worried about you being scammed. They're worried about whatever they're worried about. And they also have invisible loyalty if you afford yeah, the parent that's the not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a big beginning hurdle is a big beginning you know, thing. And that's why we believe in prenups, too, because we see these people get married and they don't have prenups. And their kids are saying, you're going to buy a house together. You know, what are you doing about your fun? And the kids are all involved in that. And women are worried yeah. about being a nurse or a purse. And guys are are really worried about being a wallet <laughs> or a honeydewer. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Those are challenges. book, you are very open about sexual intimacy, which I find refreshing because that's something that everybody's wondering about and nobody's talking about. Um, and really, I think we, we just finished, all of us finished watching The Golden Bachelor, which I found fascinating. Right. Um, and, and that was part of the whole getting to know one another is having a little bit of, you know, time alone and figuring out how they were going to get along physically. Um, why do you think it's important to address this issue with your readers? Why, do, why should we care? Because it's huge and it's a big surprise for women if they don't think about some of the issues and for men. And there are men who are embarrassed and won't date because because of the aging problem for them. So Mm. for both sexes across the line, it is people need to know what's going on and what the... And soft erections and those kind of things are issues that generally 20s and 30 years olds don't have to deal with. But, you know, people that are our age really have to do with performance issues and what's going on and and what's the difference between making love when you're 20 or 30 and making love when you're 60 or 70. And generally for most people, it is different. And and you're making adaptations and you're also beginning to feel like, wow, holding and cuddling and connecting and feeling close really, in a sense, is as important as anything else. The Golden Bachelor, when they went to the fantasy suites. Now, uh, we were Frank and I were talking about it because they didn't talk about the whole realm. And, you know, it's a TV show. It's supposed to be fun and, you know, whatever. Uh, But they didn't talk about the fact that there are three types of intimacy and there's uh, physical intimacy, emotional emotional, and spiritual spiritual intimacy. They didn't talk about the whole realm. They just had them come in. And then when they had the, let me think. It was more like their old bachelor, you know, in their 20s and 30s, where it's all about, what what do you say, kicking boots or something? Yeah. When Teresa said, said how old are you? Yeah. (laughs) What does that really mean? It could mean they laid in bed and hugged and kissed and talked. Who knows? We Nobody has that. But but the younger generation and people probably under 40 
although they have some of them have a lot of problems too. That's why Viagra is so up there. Sure. And they're yeah. thinking, oh yeah, this is what it is. And then at the um, engagement party where they have the guys come in, you know, and dance and all that. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, again, the idea is that we're all sexually active and, you know, in the same way we were when we were younger. And if you think that's going to be the case, you're going to be sadly disappointed. So in all of this, do you think it's important to calibrate and synchronize your expectations before you make a commitment or can you do that once you've begun? I think you should do it before. I mean, I think you start out with... uh, I think it'd be really tough to wait um you know you you need to find out how compatible you are in terms of what your needs are right now and what you feel is a loving connection and what do you need in that physical emotional and spiritual aspects of the relationship and uh, we encourage people to talk about it very early and to but, be, you know not on the first copy no but but certainly you gotta you know, feel some buzz it, it, yeah well if there's no if there's no attraction it's not gonna happen anyway right, right. yeah don't even go there but, but you know there are ways that people approach it like you know if a guy has had prostate cancer or yeah, yeah. you know or had some other issues you know you talk about health issues you've got to realize well, 70 percent of the 70 year olds uh, are not able to get a full erection anymore yeah. and so you know that that's generally a fairly big issue and so you do have to find ways of feeling loved and cared about right. and and you know we just recently um we have a woman who's a good friend of ours who um has been going online and we've been working with her and she um got together with her old boyfriend and she called me and she said you know he has had prostate cancer and she said I, what do you think? And I, you know, said, I think you should talk to him about it directly about cuddling and what relationships mean. Well, he hadn't been with her for about five years and she got together with him and she started talking to him about it. And she called me up and said, Gloria, you won't believe it. I talked to him about it. We're back together. And, we're and, so and, happy. And we're cuddling. <laughs> that's and fantastic. We're cuddling. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you know, finally, we did talk, we touched on this about family involvement, but um, most of our listeners are grandparents and very intentional ones, and they want to know how to blend families and what should we expect of our partners in this area in terms of, you know, your children and your grandchildren. I know when we had a blended family with Mike's father, when he remarried after his mom died, um, she, our, st- his stepmother invited everybody for Thanksgiving. And we all got together, all the family members, and it was a little hard. Should we expect that kind of thing? Is that the kind of thing we should be doing or should we wait? You or know, what? It, it depends on what's going on and, and who's willing to accept who. I mean, you yeah. can't rush it. There may be some family members. Some I, I, I wouldn't force it, but certainly yeah. encourage it and see what people think and whether they want it and whether they see it as a a positive thing. Um, Generally, for us, it was very easy. I I only have Mm -hmm. two stepdaughters that I help raise, and and, uh, they're they're very supportive of our relationship. And her three daughters, I think, at this particular point in time are are Let me say this, have come around. Now, remember, we've been together for two years, so, you know, 
and it, and it goes, you know. I think they realize I'm a permanent fixture. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. You have to be committed to the relationship yeah. because you're going to be tested. Yeah. Yes, you will be. And, and Gloria, in the book, you mentioned that, um, you know, everybody has different personalities. So maybe one, maybe the person you're dating doesn't want to be like, maybe you're super involved as a grandparent, but they don't want to be super involved as a grandparent. So you give them the space they need and you can still continue to be the person you are. Well, I see uh, a senior relationship as not, you know, when you say for better or for worse, for richer, poor, or till death do you part. I believe that senior relationships are more parallel partnerships. Frank had a life before he met me. I have a life. There are things that I like to do that Frank doesn't want to do. They're, you know, So we are parallel people. We have lives. We have histories. And sometimes mm-hmm. we even take separate vacations, you know, because we're doing different things. I, so, yeah, I'm going yeah. with my daughters to Las Vegas yeah. next weekend. Yeah. We're going to go see you, too. And I'm taking oh. the guys and we're going to Barrett Jackson here in Scottsdale. It's a car show. So, yes. Very fun. Well, I wish we had more time to talk about grief because that was something you talk about in your book and, and post-traumatic growth, which... I, I mean, I'm just kind of giving these little things out here and telling people you you need to read the book because it's so interesting. But I guess our listeners will have to buy it and view your YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit about that. You have a YouTube channel, right? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, Open to Hope. You can find us on there. Um, you can find us on the Golden Dating Doctors uh, website, goldendatingdoctors.com. And then we have a lot of other information around the internet. You can Google my name, Dr. Gloria Horsley or Dr. Frank Powers, and you'll find all sorts of wonderful material. Well, that's great. We're going to, we're going to work hard at this, right? And as we get older and navigate the changes in our lives, we just have to, we have to wing it, right? We have to go with it, but we have to learn as much as we can. So we know what to do. And guess what? You only need one. That's very hopeful. Thank you. You know, I am so grateful to Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Frank Powers for talking to us for really quite a long time about their lives and about how they are shaping their future and sharing the journey through that book. Yeah, you know, we've been married for a long time, over 40 years. Feels like. And we have occasionally (laughs) talked, okay, let's be honest, about what we would do if one of us passed away. Yeah. And I think talking to Gloria and Frank kind of helped clarify things for us in terms of how that would work. How so? Well, I don't know. I've always said I never get married again. But I mean, when they talked about, you know, uh, prenup and maybe not even ever really getting married, just being together and having companionship, I think, well, maybe I would do that. Oh, so that's how you're doing the calculus on this. (laughs) Okay. Well, you've always maintained that I probably would get remarried and I've never argued against that. Yeah. Uh, But maybe in the same vein, that's not the only choice. Yeah. There are I mean, options. they do say men, what is it? Women grieve, men replace. <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to the death of a spouse, I don't know how how true that is, but it's certainly true in some of the cases of people I've known. It's a generalization, but yeah. they come from somewhere, don't they? Yeah. Hopefully we won't have to experience that, but many marriages do. And we even have a couple of friends who have lost a spouse, and I'm definitely going to share this book with them. Yeah. I think, you know, between its uh, openness and its frankness and its uh, comprehensiveness. It's a great resource. It's helpful to develop and evolve in relationships, even solid ones. So even if you're not single, you might enjoy taking note of what the doctors have to say. Amen to that. You can check out our show notes 
For more information, if this conversation has piqued your interest. And in the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. Have a happy Valentine's Day, and thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. Ever since I can remember, I've always taught writing. Even when I was like a seven-year-old in my backyard, I was helping the school children write in journals. That's funny. I used to do a talk show when I was was seven in my backyard. So I think these things go forward. What are we going to do with them? That's next time on The Grand Life.